Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem. This week on the show, we're talking about chapter four of the Bhagavad Gita. And just a reminder quickly before we get into it, that uh, these episodes are going to be hosted temporarily on the um, Revealing the Diamond podcast. So catch them while you can live, and then eventually they will be added into the course materials for the Tattva's Yoga Study Program. Um, So yeah, I'm doing it kind of as like a gift to all of you dedicated listeners um, as a celebration of the launching of this new program. I'm really stoked about it. Um, There are some introduction workshops coming up. Uh, There is July 8th to 10th, which is happening in North Vancouver. Um, And, you know, this just in, (laughs) this just in, is this the, what's this one? There you go. There's some magic for your ears. This just in, um, we're going to do that online as well. So if you want to do the introduction weekend, July 8th to 10th in North Vancouver, I recommend coming in person. There's only, uh, we're only selling 10 spots and they're going fast. Uh, I think we're about half full already. And so if you're wanting to come for an in-person full weekend experience, July 8th to 10th in uh, North Vancouver, you can just go to tiagaprem.com and register today. It's in the Tatvas tab on the website. Um, or if you're not able to make it in person July 8th to 10th, why not do the online option? Uh, just register as if you're going to be there and uh, we'll get you going uh, online Um I'll put an online option on there, too. I just haven't done it yet. But by the time you hear this, it should be up there. So July 8th to 10th, introduction workshop. Then I'm going to be in the Okanagan, and I'm going to be teaching some regular classes at Pranify in uh, in the Okanagan. And that will be the... I'm just pulling up a calendar here for, for all of us. Um, that'll be the week of the 18th to the 22nd. I'll be teaching some workshops. Uh, not workshops, regular classes. However, I will also have a regular class on Saturday morning um, at Harbor House Yoga. So that's July 16th, and you can get a taste of the Series 1 in Tattvas, the practice. And then I will have two workshops, two three-hour workshops the following weekend at Pranify in Kelowna. So that's the 22nd evening and the 23rd. Uh, the link is on tiagaprem.com. For more info, you can always email tiagaprem at tiagaprem.com or get in touch with the folks at Pronify, and they will uh, you know, let you know what's up. Also want to let you know that the online option to complete the full, uh, just so you know, in, ca- in case anyone's listening to this and you're like, what is Tatvas? So Tatvas is, when I look out at yoga and, and my 25 years of experience and the great teachers I've had, I realized like I really had to make it my own study program uh, to get the depth of knowledge and experience that I've had. And my teachers, like one of my teachers, he lived as an ascetic, like essentially became a monk for 10 years uh, to gain the knowledge that he has. And then, you know, years and years of practice. Um, It was something that we really had to do on our own. And now we've got like a bazillion teacher trainings that will teach you how to do a sun salutation. And some are, you know, some are more, what do you say, in depth than others. 
uh, definitely. But my intention was like, okay, how do we create something that's more like, a, you know, I remember being in high school and just thinking, oh, man, when is this ever going to end? Um, and then going to college and where I had one of my first mentors was a professor there and being able to study, you know, yoga philosophy and the life of the Buddha and Buddhist scriptures and Sanskrit and all these amazing things. But then being like, you know, okay, yeah, that's cool. We got the intellectual knowledge, but what about the embodied practice? So I've, I've had t uh, teacher trainings that were just skimming the surface of yoga. I've had college, which was in-depth uh, intellectual experience, and then pilgrimaging to India and sitting at the feet of great teachers over many years and dedicated sadhana and exploring different avenues of practice and and I thought to myself, like, just imagine if you were able to take those experiences and create a continuing studies program that has an embodiment piece, a sadhana piece, and also an in-depth study piece for folks um, so that we can kind of do away with the nonsense of the yoga alliance and the 200 hour and the, all of those things, which, by the way, if you have a great teacher, I would say people say like, oh, should I do a 200 hour training? If you have a teacher that you really love and they are really enriching your life with their wisdom and they have a dedicated practice and you honestly want to spend time with them and you'll do whatever it takes and what it takes is they have a 200-hour training, then please do the 200-hour training. But don't go looking for a 200-hour training just because you want a 200-hour training that says you're a yoga teacher. You know what I mean? Like find a teacher that inspires you, that uh, is there for you, that you know you can ask questions and learn from, and 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 then you know whatever their offerings are, do their offerings so that you can be in the presence of that teacher and show up the way that they show up, and then as you do it, you start to uh, bring your own flavor to it. And it keeps the tradition alive because you're learning from a teacher, someone that you love and respect. And there's a, a deep relationship there rather than go to the thing, pay the money, you found it online, go to Bali, pay your money, get your piece of paper, and now you're a yoga teacher. And if you're not sure what to do uh, in your classes, just watch some YouTube videos. <laughs> you know, it needs to be a fuller experience in order for you to be uh, a fuller, more in-depth um, uh, teacher, wisdom carrier, weaver. I, I think it's really important. I think the world needs that. And I have been uncertain as to how to do that. We've had our previous trains in the past, Aquarian Luminosity um, and Sadaka that I did. Some of y'all have done that program. And now this is like the merging of all of the experience to create this continuing yoga studies program, which is going to have seven courses in it, seven full, like a curriculum where you would complete the course the same way you would co complete a course in university, where there's practicum and uh, practice and study and direct relationship with myself. And then if you complete, so the intro workshops are like, here's what level one looks like. And then if you decide you want to go deeper into the study and, and you complete a level one, which can be done uh, in person in a week training or online, which if you were committed, you could do it in three months. 
If you wanted to go slow, you could do it in six months. And then upon completion of level one, then you have the, you know, uh, go ahead to teach and share it. And then there'll be level two, three, four, five, six, and seven. So I'm really excited about that. And the level one, there is no, I haven't announced a full week um, immersive experience yet of that. But the online, I'm taking uh, applicants now. So if you are ready for a deep study that you can do from anywhere and explore this, if this, if you're hearing this and you're like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of that, then do the online. We're going to start, uh, I'm going to start taking, oh, I'm taking applicants now, and then we're going to start, um, it's work at your own pace. So you book your sessions unique to your yourself and your own schedule and bookings for sessions once you've been uh, accepted into the program um, those are going to begin mid-august it could be done from anywhere wherever you live so if that speaks to you uh, check it out tiagoprem.com go to the online version of tatva's one and uh, and then you'll learn more about this in all those workshops that you know as i mentioned north van coming up july 8th to 10th um, Kelowna coming up July 16th at Harbor House Yoga, teaching regular classes at Pranify, and then the following weekend, which is the 22nd and 23rd, I'll be teaching workshops at Pranify, and then throughout the summer all over Canada, um, this is something that is going to be offered in Spanish, we're in the works of doing that as well, so it's, it's very exciting, this is going to be a big, big deal, and it's been a long time coming. So thanks, everybody, for all the love and support. I've got some great messages from people saying thank you for the podcast lately. And so thank you for listening. I also wanted to say that. Thank you for listening. And please do rate us and review us if you love the show, wherever you listen to this. And uh, remember, these Bhagavad Gita episodes are going to be temporary. Um, so enjoy them as they come out, because once we finish with the Bhagavad Gita, they're going to disappear uh, into the into the tattvas yoga school curriculum so stay tuned for all of that let's get into today's episode but be but before we do that let's hear a little word about our sponsors want to give a big shout out to minds die longtime supporter of the show thank you minds die for everything you do for the program we really appreciate you. You can check out Minds Dye for custom dyed anything, you know, shirts, kimonos, bed sheets, curtains, you name it, she can do it. Check out Minds Dye on the Etsy store, or uh, you can also just go to her Instagram and connect via her DM, mind like your busy mind, <laughs> M-I-N-D, dye like to dye fabric, Minds Dye uh, on Instagram or at the Etsy store. Uh, if you would like to be a sponsor of this program, it really speaks to you, please, please, please get in touch with us. We would love to have more supporters for the show. Um, also, we are going to get a Patreon page going on, so stay tuned. Hopefully by next week, uh, I'll have that all set up. And if you would like to become a donor for the show, you can always do it that way. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right, so let's get into uh, today's program. 
Today we're talking about chapter 4 of the Bhagavad Gita. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes in this season 5 of um, Revealing the Diamond, just go back. Start at, Number 1 is like an introduction to what we're going to do in season 5, and then from there, each week, uh, the podcast comes out on Sundays for, for season 5, um, each week we are covering a chapter of the mighty bhakti yoga text, the Bhagavad Gita. And just a little um, word to the word to the regular listeners: um, this text is going to be central to Tattvas two. So stay tuned for Tattvas two. We're a ways out for uh, offering that to the public, but uh, the Gita. Oh man, do I love this text! I've just been deep into it lately. And uh, if you're wondering about Tattvas 1, I have a new transcreation of the Yoga Sutras. I read the first pada this morning in my sadhana. And gotta say, guys, it is magic. Should we do it again? <laughs> I love that. I'm a little cheesy, feeling a little dad jokey this morning, but you know, it's a, it's a good vibe. It's a vibe anyways. So in chapter 4, as we talked about previously, the conversations between Krishna and Arjuna at this point, you know, it's there are a lot of questions. Like Arjuna is in this place of like, as we mentioned, you know, I, I have this big ethical dilemma in front of me, whether or not I should be engaged in this fight, and I don't know what to do, and I'm, quest I'm questioning uh, morality, I'm questioning, um, I have spiritual questions and doubt and I like I am at this crossroads this crux between a rock and a hard place and wondering like what the hell is the point of all of this can I can I even does it even make any difference like have you know a feeling maybe of despair doubt despair that kind of thing that's kind of where um Arjun is at and so he's uh, questioning Krishna like what what am I supposed to do? How can I do this? Please help me, essentially. And we'll we'll unpack that as we go. And Krishna is eager to grant Arjuna um, knowledge of self. Now, when we say knowledge of self, we're not talking about his personality. You know, his per your personality is made up of conditions the same way as your body's consistency. Like some of us are more prone to being hot. Some of us are more prone to being cold. Some of us are more prone to being, you know, whatever the physical qualities that you your body has. And, and we can, you know, dive deeper into some Ayurvedic study down the line, which I, I am a um, student of and, and love, love, love the uh, study and practice of Ayurveda. But your personality is much the same. It's made of these similar qualities. It's not who you are. It's a part of your body, and your body is a part of the whole organism, all of life as one being. You know, we are all breathing the same breath and same blood. I mean, we're not the same. Like, people use the, oh, we're all the same. Well, Well, we're not the same in the sense of, like, we all think the same and believe the same and uh, experience pleasure the same. And that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the actual building blocks, the cellular structure of what uh, composes your vehicle um, is made of the same material. It's part of the same being. It's kind of like 
You know, if you go with a telescope up to the moon and you look at the planet Earth, you go, there's the planet Earth. Well, we're all in in there. You know, the same way as then if you zoomed in and you saw a human body and then your human the human body became the point of focus, it was the larger being. And then you look close, you would see there was all these different cells that were composing the human body. And so they're all composing the same beingness, and yet they have unique qualities, and it's their unique qualities that make up the whole. You with me? So... When Krishna is, when I say Krishna is eager to grant Arjuna knowledge of self, it's more of a, an awareness that you are a part of the whole, that everything in life is interconnected and interdependent, and you are a part of that. You are a part of that oneness. And you know, I would also say that he's eager to give him a spiritual uh, vision, like an awakening, like a ping, like tap you on your third eye and just be like, see, look at the vastness of it all. Because sometimes when we're, we're dealing with the problems in front of us, uh, those problems can overwhelm us to the point where we forget who we are. And you've heard this, if you're a longtime listener to the show, you've heard this over and over and over, or a student from yoga classes or whatever it might be, that the primordial cause of disease is forgetting who you are. And so Arjuna, I mean, Krishna essentially is really longing to give Arjuna an awakening, an experience of who he is. That's a healing Right? The cause of disease is forgetting who you are. The, co- the uh, cause of healing is remembering who you are. But Arjuna has been asking this whole time, get me out of this mess. And how many people have had a, a spiritual life or a prayer life that looks like that? Get me out of this mess, God, and I will fill in the blank. <laughs> I mean, when I was drinking and taking drugs and partying a lot, I mean, I did that a lot. Like, big night out, woo, light up the town, let's go, let's get it done, doing a, and causing all kinds of pain and suffering for myself and others. And then when the high comes down, the low is so low that you find yourself on some stranger's bathroom floor, or maybe it's your own bathroom floor and you don't know how you got there, or maybe it's in your bed and you're supposed to go to work, but you don't want to go because you have a pounding headache. Or maybe, you know, you told your, you know, there's just a, that's an extreme version, but maybe it's just like you feel like crap the next day and you don't want to feel like crap. You want to feel well. That's your, your destiny is to feel as well as possible according to your conditions and your responsibility is to care for the earth in that way the body that you live in that is part of the whole, right? That's part of your dharma, your duty. And and so the point being that, like, you know, have you had an experience in your life or a spiritual life or a prayer life where the your primary offering to the beloved is save me from this mess? Like uh, making a deal with God. Like if you just help me get through this one hangover, 
this one harmful decision that I made, this, you know, financial burden, this whatever the situation that's weighing heavy on your experience, if you would just help lighten the load, then I will, you know, be a better person, be kinder, be more compassionate, be blah, 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 blah. And that's, I mean, I think we can all relate to that. You know, the Jesus take the wheel moment. I, I heard some funny memes like, you know, Jesus take the wheel. Jesus didn't even drive. <laughs> there was, there. you know, what's he, what, maybe you need to drive. Just being silly, but I've seen that recently. Um, but you know what I'm saying? And he's like, save me from this mess. And he's praying to Krishna, essentially, in conversation without saying it's praying. But if this is a conversation between the personality, the thinking mind, and your karmic conditions with the part of you that knows exactly who you are, knows the vastness of the whole, the love that is in the heart of all beings, the desire to be happy and free, the conversation is the part of you that is filled with doubt and not enoughness and the need to compare and all of those things is saying, please save me to the part of you that knows who you are. Or the small soul is talking to the big soul. Or the peace of God is talking to the fullness of God. Now they're both still God, but one of them doesn't recognize who they are. You know what I mean? And so in this chapter, as Arjuna is saying, save me from this mess, Krishna uh, shares some teachings with him in, from his eagerness to grant Arjuna knowledge of self, a comprehension of self, knowing who the capital S self is, knowing that Krishna is your essential nature, now, if you think Krishna like the deity that I need to pray to, maybe it depends on your conditions. I'm talking about your inner knower, the part of you that came here with a mission, knows the mission, has known the mission all along, and then is in conversation with this part of you that keeps going, please save me from this mess. I don't know what to do. Sound familiar? Okay, and so Krishna, uh, in the beginning of the chapter, he teaches Arjuna about rebirth. Like, you're going to keep working on this stuff over and over again. That's part of your duty. So don't get all hung up about, you know, what if I don't finish my work? We don't really know what the timeline looks like, so just do your work. And he also shares about how Krishna himself has reincarnated over and over and over to help humanity when Dharma declines. And if you think about this notion of the supreme self or the comprehension of the true self that we're talking about, then that is happening over and over and over and over. We keep being reborn with these parts of our experience, one part of us that is filled with doubt and and causing harm and confusion and you know, all that, and then another part of us that knows who we are. And if we as a collective get more and more distracted from Dharma, then that inner light needs to be amplified as a reminder so that we stop hurting each other 
the planet, the animals, taking advantage, blah, blah, blah. And if you listen to my talk from uh, when we were talking about Jesus before, if you read the Bible from cover to cover and you take an objective approach and just sort of pull back and, and you know from all the dogma and all the harm that uh, has been caused by uh, people who are fundamentalist and dogmatic in relationship to that particular text and the teachings of Jesus, so pull yourself away from that and just read it from a st- uh, place of like, what is this book trying to tell me? It's had a profound influence on this planet. What is it trying to say? You'll come to the same thing that we're talking about right now, where it's people are reminded that God is love, and you are here to serve that love, that inner knower, in yourself and in others. And you will probably forget, according to your conditions, like maybe you'll become dogmatic and a fundamentalist, or maybe you'll forget to serve your neighbor and your other people instead. Or maybe you'll, you know, place a hierarchy on this group is following the the rules better than this group, and so therefore we are going to oppress the ones who are not following the, uh, or marginalize them or harm them in the name of these quote-unquote spiritual teachings. And when that happens, then there is a return, usually through some kind of force, whether it's famine or uh, suffering or storms or a prophet or whatever it might be, comes along and says, hey, wake the beep up. You forgot about Dharma. And your Dharma is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, to love love with all your heart, and love that in your neighbor. That's your destiny. And so Krishna is saying, when humanity forgets about that, I return to remind you. Now now people are going to go on the surface and say, well, is it Krishna or Jesus who does it? Come on now. <laughs> At this point, you know that the Krishna or Jesus container is like a glove. And one glove is red and one glove is blue, but it's covering the same hand. And is it the glove that is doing the work? Like if if somebody is, you know, fixing some things in a workshop and they change from red glove to blue glove, it's the same hand doing the work. And anybody who gets hang, hung up on, well, it has to be done with a red glove, is missing the point. It's about the hand under the glove. And this is essentially what Krishna is teaching here, is that you you keep forgetting who you are. And I'm here to remind you. Let's go to verse 6 and 7 of the Bhagavad Gita here. He says, My true being is unborn and changeless. I am the Lord who dwells in every creature. Through the power of my own maya, I manifest myself in a finite form. So even the maya, he's saying, is a part of the supreme self. Because it's omnipresent. It's everywhere at once. Okay, Even in the challenging stuff. Whenever dharma declines and the purpose of life is forgotten, I manifest myself on earth. I am born in every age to protect the good, to destroy evil, and to reestablish dharma. And we have an active role in that. That's the beauty of this text, this conversation between Arjuna and Krishna. It's the same 
conversation that Jesus is having when he's teaching in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. It's a restoration of your purpose, which is to love, love with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that is expressed in different ways according to your conditions. And then, you know, if, if this isn't mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, but if you do a deeper dive into, you know, the Hindu uh, pantheon, if you will, I don't know, like, even the word Hinduism from my studies in, in India is something that is like colonial language. But if we look at some of the big um, forms that are influential in, in circles in India throughout time, you find that uh, Vishnu is the preserver of life and that Krishna is an avatar of Vishnu, which means that you know, there's a part in each of us that seeks to care for the whole. That's the creator and creation as one. I recognize that I am creator and creation as one, and so I have a responsibility to care for the whole as best I can, knowing that I'm going to cause harm, but I make a conscious commitment to um, elevate life, to uh, amplify medicine, and knowing that, like, you know, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to end up causing harm, but I'm going to strive according to my conditions to do that. And that's why I was, I'm doing this online course with Dr. Robert Swoboda, who I really love. And uh, he, he's a wonderful Ayurvedic teacher and also um, uh, Jyotish, like uh, Vedic astrology teacher. And he was saying something to the effect of he was talking about free will and karma and you know people that's a big topic do, do you have free will or is it all predetermined like what's the deal and one thing he was saying is is that if you have a genuine and we'll, we'll talk a bit about this today too if you have like a genuine devotion not like a cultural devotion like i believe in this because i'm supposed to and my parents said and the church said and the and so not that and not a like you you talk about it, but in your heart of hearts, and only you know, not not me, not your guru, not anybody else. Only you know, like that essence of self, the Krishna within you, the supreme self comprehension of uh, true self. Only that part of you knows if you're being uh, sincere. But if you are from a sincere place, connecting to that true self, and and remember, doesn't matter what glove it is. Like, if you can see that as you and use your own name, that's amazing. You know, for a lot of us, we got baggage, and so that's hard to do. And so maybe we maybe we focus on something that helps uh, to reflect back to us who we are. Like, you know, we chant Om Namah Shivaya over and over, or we chant Gurbani Kirtan, or we chant whatever it is, so that we can experience that part of ourselves that's covered up with all of these karmas. Like when we're in the Arjuna state of like, save me from this mess, if we can connect it, whether it's Jesus or the Mother Earth or whatever it is, through a devotional way, like we can go into that loving frequency, which is reflected back to us, because it is essentially who are who we are, like Krishna is saying, I am at the heart of every being. It's who you are. You are the Supreme Self. If we can honestly surrender all of our karmas and our life and our decisions and all of those things to that part 
of ourselves or the whole or God or whatever language you want to use, Jesus, Krishna, you know, divine Ma. If we do that sincerely, then it isn't possible to accumulate more karma because you're just going with the current of the whole. But if you're just saying it, I mean, you are essentially going with the current of the whole as well, but it's a different kind of experience because you may be saying, I'm trying to, you know, it's like uh, when you go to the massage or something and they say, relax, and you say, I am relaxed, but they know you're not fully relaxed, but you're trying to relax, but something is keeping you from relaxing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're in, but you're out. And then if you really let go, like, you get limp. They're like, ah, now you're relaxed. You go, oh, I thought I was relaxed before. Does that make sense? So it's like a genuine, um, a genuine surrender. Not talked about surrender, not uh, cultural religious practice surrender, but like a real legit take from me all that isn't free experience with God or self or guru, which are all the same thing essentially anyways, in that state of surrender. How is there any difference? It's all Krishna. It's all, you know, the one. Ek Ankar. It's all Ma. It's all the Mother Earth. Or whatever, however you understand the glove. <laughs> you know, back to the glove analogy. You with me? All right. So that makes sense. Um, and so, you know, we're here to care for the whole because we recognize that it is us. That's the awakening. That's the awakening Krishna wants to give you is that that plant is you that animal is you your neighbor is you that person hurt and angry with you is you that your lover is you your the politician is you but how could that be they did this 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 karmas we have karmas to work through in order to see who we are how can we do that well I guess that's what texts like this are for, to give us some possibilities to work with. Let's take a little break, and we'll be right back. Just a reminder, everybody, to get signed up for the Tattvas workshops. These ones are already booked, so come out for them. July 8th to 10th in North Vancouver, option for online. Uh, July 16th at Harbor House. Pranify regular classes that following week, and then uh, moving into the next weekend at Pranify on the 22nd and 23rd of July. Also, we're taking applicants for the full program, Tatvas One. Stay tuned for more of that. Watch tiagaprem.com. Follow me on Instagram. If you have questions, email tiagaprem at tiagaprem.com.
right, welcome back. So, you know, he, he starts talking a lot about action. And like I said, like with this kind of surrender, you realize that you don't need to uh, cling to actions and karma anymore because there's a full trust of the divine. You know, Krishna says that actions do not cling to me because I'm not attached to their results. And you've heard this if you've been in yoga class, you know, do the practice because it needs to be done. That doesn't mean it needs to be done so that I can check the box and be a good person, but because I've been drawn to this practice for a reason, it's uh, serving me to connect with this uh, comprehension of self. And so I, it's working for that, and so I'm going to continue to show up for that knowing that the outcome may shift or change, but for now, I have an awareness that this is part of my destiny to do this practice in that it's supporting me to see who I am in relationship to my conditions. And what he means is he's saying, Arjuna, do not cling to... These actions do not cling to your real self. These karmas do not cling to your real self. They're just karmas happening. You know, it's like if I'm if I'm lying in bed and having a nice warm sleep and it's raining outside, I'm not going to sit up all night worrying about the rain that's happening outside. It's just raining. It's no big deal. Well, if I could just stop the rain and for what? Rain's got to rain, man. And if you know who you are, you have that secure sense of self. You're at home in your heart. You're at home in yourself. Then what's on the surface is going to shift and change. And actions are going to be actions. The self in us is not touched by the action. Whatever we do, it remains unsullied. Those who understand this about themselves and practice it live in freedom. That's the liberation. You experience sameness. Sama, samadhi. And then in that understanding, you can cultivate compassion for all. And that compassion comes through devotion. Everything is my beloved. Everything is Jesus. Everybody is myself. Remember, comprehension of self, true self. And so in, in knowing that, you find that true sustenance comes in service. Because you're serving the beloved in everything. You're serving God in everybody. You're, ser- you're seeing yourself in everybody. True sustenance is in service, and through it, a man or a woman reaches the, or whoever, I mean, this is this particular text I'm reading at, a, a, a person, a being, someone who is you know, living in a body, reaches the eternal Brahman, the all in all. But those who do not seek to serve are without a home in this world. Arjuna, how can they be happy, how can they be at home, excuse me, in any world to come? You don't know who you are. So the sustenance, the nourishment comes from serving the one and all. And if you're not sure how to do that, he says, well, seek guidance from the wise. Approach those who have realized the purpose of life and question them with reverence and devotion. They will instruct you in this wisdom. 
Once you attain it, you will never again be deluded. You will see all creatures in the self and all in me. So if you're like, please save me from this, or I just don't understand this, or how could it be, or look around and see if you see somebody who's maybe doing that a little, you know, more warmly and kindly than you are, and learn something from them. That's what I've done. That's what you've done. That's why you're here. We're engaged in this process of realizing the self that is in all beings. We're not perfect in our attempt because those are the karmas, but that part of us <laughs> that we are seeking, that which we are seeking is who we are, it doesn't need any improvement. It's already realized. But what do we do about that part of us, that Arjuna part of us that's going, but please, why? I don't understand. Why do I have to go through all of this? Do you have that? Or are you just like, no, no, I don't have that. <laughs> you know, or the anxiety. He even speaks to the anxiety of this in uh, in verse 19 where he says, uh, the awakened sages call a person wise when all his undertakings are free from anxiety about results. All his selfish uh, desires have been consumed in the fire of knowledge. The wise ever satisfies, satisfied have abandoned all external supports. That might even mean like religious ones. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Test it out. Their security is unaffected by the results of their action. Even while acting, they really do nothing at all. Free from expectations and from all sense of possession, with mind and body firmly controlled by the self, they do not incur karmas by the performance of physical action. Why? Because they trust who they are. Who are they? The one and all. The divine self. God. Guru. Self. One. Love. I mean, what is there to be anxious about when you know who you are? The part of you that forgets, that Arjuna part of you, sure, you forget. And we all have access to this. We are all born with this. It's not exclusive. There's no hierarchy in it. Like Guru Nanak said, no one is higher and no one is lower. That's a, a karmic <laughs> illusion. Even if you were the most, this is verse 30, 36, even if you were the most sinful of sinners, Arjuna, you could cross beyond all sin by the raft of spiritual wisdom. As the heat of a fire reduces wood to ashes, the fire of knowledge burns to ashes all karma. Nothing in this world purifies like spiritual wisdom. It is the perfection achieved in time through the path of yoga, path of yoga, practice of exactly what we're describing here, the unification process, the merging into oneness, yoga. Even this conversation that we're having is a merging into oneness, the experience of it, yoga, the path which leads to the self within. Remember who you are. It always comes back to that. Right? There's a, a great mantra. Remember Simba. Remember who you are. And lastly, just to land the plane on this chapter four, 
he says, you know, lastly, he speaks to Arjuna about working through doubt. Because Arjuna has not surrendered. He continues to drag his feet. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm the supreme self and I'm the one and all, but look at all of these problems and here's how uh, all the problems and here's why. And then people are doing that to you. Oh, yeah, you're one of those, huh? One of those yoga people. Everything's all one. Yeah, nice. And we're uh, the supreme self. But what about? This is a condition that's been going on and on and on. That's the nature of Maya. And are you going to wake up to that and completely surrender yourself? Or are you going to keep playing the game of I'm a this and you're a that? And and then the funny part, cosmic joke, is that you know you will stop playing the game when the time is right for you, according to your conditions. So the best thing that we can do is surrender. Ishvara Pranidana. Is it Krishna? Is it Jesus? Is it this? Is it that? Do I need to stand on my head? Do I need to eat nothing but vegetables? Do I need to... Uh, what about inflation and this and that and uh, global warming and who's right and who's wrong and I'm this and you're that? And, uh, and, uh, I mean, it's exhausting. At what point do you surrender and say, inner knower, divine being. I must be here for some reason amongst all of this chaos. Please guide me. I let go of my need to be right, my need to know. Take my life. It's yours. And you really mean that. That's liberation. That's what this is talking about. That's why when Krishna says, you know, you and I have passed through many births, Arjuna, you have forgotten, but I remember them all. Get in touch with that part of you that remembers. The process of, you know, the path or the practice of yoga is the process of remembering. There's a part of you that remembers. There's a part of you that forgets. And the process of remembering is the practice of yoga. Because the self is with you always. God is with you always. But who are you in service of? Are you in service of Arjuna in his doubt and despair? Are you in service of the part of you that knows exactly who you are and that is in everything, that defies logic, love beyond logic, God as love. And this is the how he closed. I love this. Those who take wisdom as their highest goal, whose faith is deep, whose senses are trained, attain wisdom quickly and enter into perfect peace. But the ignorant, indecisive, and lacking in faith waste their lives. They'll never be happy in this world or any other. Those established in the self have renounced selfish attachments to their actions and have cut through doubt with spiritual wisdom. I mean, if we're not, <laughs> if we're not seeking, then uh, how do we get to that point of surrender? I don't know. 
I mean, he does say in the Gita that, and I, I was also reading in Yoga Sutras recently too, that some people are born with that. But if you're like me, we're looking around, trying to figure out how this works. What can I do about this doubt, despair, anxiety, depression, uh, addiction? So that I can recover my relationship with self, Krishna, God, love, Jesus, who I am, whoever, whatever makes sense for you. These ones act in freedom. Arjuna, cut through this doubt in your own heart with the sword of spiritual wisdom. Arise and take up the path of yoga. Take up the practice of remembering. Be receptive to the grace of God, to the grace of self. If you look closely, you realize that it is in everything. It's in the soil. It's in the insects. It's in the animals. It's in the plants. It's in the flowers. It's in the food that you eat. It's in the breath that you breathe. It's in the waters. It's in your neighbors. It's in those who are difficult to love. It is everywhere, but we forget to listen. And the practice of yoga, as defined here in Bhagavad Gita, the practice of yoga is a practice of remembering who you really are. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate you all being here and in sharing this wisdom. May all beings benefit in some way from this practice. May we all remember who we are. Hope to see you at some workshops over the summer. Check out tiagaprem.com for more info. And I will see you soon. Bless.